Hi guys, this is FJ back once again. So today I want to talk about two uh, things basically. I want to talk about Pakistan and I want to talk about Lebanon, right? Um, topics related to these two countries. So let's uh, let's first talk about Pakistan. Um, you see, recently um, Pakistan's Prime Minister Mr. Imran Khan um, he gave a speech. Well, it was uh, it was a live. Uh, video speech um, in which he addressed uh, the United Nations uh, General Assembly and um, he said a lot of uh, things in this speech basically most of his speech uh, was you know um, unsurprisingly uh, dedicated to India and he just couldn't stop talking about India uh, he talked uh, very little about Pakistan actually and um, and this has this has been a theme with him you know ever since he became the Prime Minister um, somehow he thinks that you know uh, he's, the, he's the Prime Minister of India instead of the Prime Minister of Pakistan so he talks about India a lot and um, but you know what I, what I found interesting was that um, he once again said stuff about secularism you know how, how India is uh, moving away from secularism and uh, how uh, you know Hindutva extremism in India is, is on the rise and how minorities are being persecuted and so on and obviously this is not the first time that he has said such a thing um, he has said uh, very similar things in the past as well uh, and he does that very frequently actually so, um, so obviously it was not a surprise for me but it was funny um, and I just want to talk about this in uh, one of my podcasts as well because I don't think I have talked about this before um, he, he, he talks a lot about uh, the, the decline of secularism in India right and if you wouldn't know uh, if, you, if you were living under a rock, right? If, if you were just born today, or if you were living under under a rock, um, or if you somehow time traveled, uh, you know, uh, into 2020, and if, if you would hear his speech without uh, actually knowing anything else, uh, you would think that Pakistan is the most uh, secular country in the world, right? Um, I mean, there are there are so many uh, Western countries which are actually secular countries, and you still don't see them giving lectures to another country on secularism. But here it is, from Mr. Imran Khan, Pakistan's Prime Minister. Okay, the Prime Minister of the Islamic Republic of Pakistan. And by the way, I don't even like to I, mean, I don't even like to call Pakistan an Islamic Republic. I like to call it Islamist Republic, right? Because let's not insult Islam. Okay. Um, it, 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 it is an Islamist Republic, that's what it is. And uh, uh, so, so you have the uh, <laughs> Prime Minister of, uh, of Pakistan, um, uh, which basically uh, forms all of its laws in accordance with the Sharia law, in accordance uh, with the Islamic law, right? Um, and uh, and it, has, it, it has a dedicated, it has a dedicated uh, organization which is called the Islamic Ideological Council, something like that. And uh, that council plays a role um, in, uh, you know, in lawmaking, basically. Uh, if, if any law that is found, you know, to be against Islam, this council can reject that law and most of the time the government listens to it. It's not like that it is something that is just suggested by the council, right? Uh, the government 
99% of time, the government has to agree with it, and it does agree with it, right? So, so here's here's Mr. Imran Khan, Prime Minister of a country which is known, which has which has a global reputation for forced conversions, right? Uh, for its uh, notorious blasphemy law. Very recently, this Pakistani dude who turns out now that he was 25 years old, not 18, um, he carried out a terrorist attack in Paris and he basically he was not motivated by any terrorist group. We know that now. He was motivated by Pakistan's blasphemy laws and the hateful, hateful rhetoric that we saw coming from the Pakistani government very recently against Charlie Hebdo, right? Um, and that was part of incitement, which, which which is very normalized in Pakistan. This is not something new for Pakistan, right? This is, this is very normalized in Pakistan, but you will never see a Pakistani journalist who is living in Pakistan, who has to work in Pakistan, actually talk about this anywhere on uh, Pakistani television, right? On Pakistani media, even in Pakistani print or media or um, you know, these, uh, these uh, web media sites, you know, nowhere you will actually find uh, a reputed Pakistani journalist talking about this because, you know, talking about such topics basically is not, um, is not something that you want to do while you're in Pakistan. So, <laughs> you don't want to get shot or killed or stabbed to death, you know. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it's hilarious, you know, it's, it's, it's so hilarious to see Prime Minister of Pakistan lecturing India on secularism. I mean, even today, right? Even today, um, under the the far right government, I mean, everything that Mr. Imran Khan says about India is hundred percent correct, right? I'm not disagreeing with it, right? I I am saying that I actually agree with everything Mr. Imran Khan says about India, like, and particularly, obviously, he's talking. He's not even talking about India. He's talking about the Indian government, which is, which is a far-right extremist government, right? And he's talking about, in, in very particular, he's talking about BJP, which is a ruling party in India. And obviously, it has turned into a far-right party. It, it, it was not a far-right party, you know, when it started out. But now, it has basically turned into a far-right party. And so, so everything he says about the BJP, Mr. Mr. Modi and his policies, and uh, uh, the RSS, the the uh, extremism of of, of uh, Hindutva, uh, all of that, I completely agree with it. He is he is absolutely right about all of that, right? No no argument over there. But hello, have you have you looked into the mirror, Mr. Prime Minister Imran Khan? Have you really looked into the mirror? What, what have you done for the protection of minorities ever since you became the Prime Minister of Iran? What have you done um, to, uh, to make sure that, um, well, I know that you are not going to remove the blasphemy law because, you know, you don't want to get assassinated like Salman Tassir, right? Mr. Salman Tassir, who, um, who got assassinated, he was the um, former governor of Punjab province of Pakistan. So I, I completely understand that you don't want to end up like him. I would not expect you to, you know, uh, do something with the blasphemy law. But I do expect you or any government in Pakistan to at least, at least make sure 
that this this uh, this horrible blasphemy law is not at least at least at the very least not misused, right? Um, because right now it is being misused by everyone. <laughs> I mean everyone. So uh, what have you done about that? You have done nothing about that, right? And I can I can go on and on about this. I really don't have time to do that. Seriously, guys, I don't. Okay, so. So this is what I have uh, a problem with, you can say. Look, I understand. I understand that every country practices hypocrisy, in its, uh, especially in its uh, foreign policy, in, in some form, right? Um, I mean, uh, you have Turkey right now, which is uh, occupying Iraq and Syria as we speak, and at the same time, it is lecturing Armenia uh, against occupation. Right, so uh, and it also lectures Israel against occupation. <laughs> so, so look, I know that uh, you know every country, including uh, including the United States, including the United States of America, every country practices hypocrisy. You know, as part of its foreign policy in some form. I mean, we, you know, we see United States of America. You know, they are not very uh, forceful uh, when it comes to human rights. Um, you know, in countries which are U.S. allies, right? Um, you will see uh, the the U.S. government saying a lot about uh, what's happening in Xinjiang, and rightly so. Obviously, we agree with the U.S. government on that. But at the same time, we don't see U.S. government saying a lot about you know countries um, and human rights situation in those countries um, which are U.S. allies and. You know, the best example I can give you is that of India, right? Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I understand that, you know, hypocrisy is, 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 is part of uh, every country's foreign policy in some way, right? But the gap between hypocrisy and what's reality is not as much as we are seeing in the case of Pakistan. I mean, in, in Pakistan's, like, look, if America lectures some country over human rights, we know America's system, right? We know that American system protects human rights. It has the world's best freedom of speech laws, right? Um, uh, I mean, it's, its constitution is, is just simply amazing. Um, I, I personally think that every country should adopt uh, American constitution in some form, right? Maybe have some ad additions, you know? But, uh, I mean, some of the things in the American Constitution, I really respect those things. And one of those things is the right to uh, bear arms. And the second thing is to um, is, is, is this uh, provision to protect freedom of speech, right? So, so I mean, when America lectures uh, another country on human rights, right? For example, when America is lecturing China, the Chinese government on, on human rights, you actually take a look at America and you understand where America is coming from, right? I mean, America um, uh, America is a liberal democracy, right? So, so you understand that. But when you have a country like Pakistan, when you have the leader of, of a country like Pakistan uh, lecturing another country, which is still with all of its uh, problems, with all of its uh, uh, far-right Hinduism extremism, India is still way, way, way more secular than Pakistan. Um, when you have a country like Pakistan lecturing India, I mean, it's just laughable, you know. 
not because what Pakistani Prime Minister is saying is not true, because it is true, right? Everything he says is true, but because Pakistan's own condition does not really allow Pakistan to lecture anyone on anything, let alone on secularism. I mean, secularism should be the last thing Pakistani Prime Minister should be lecturing India on. Look, um, most... Uh, Look, so the problem is that secularism is a dirty word in Pakistan. I mean, we are not even talking about degrees of secularism practiced by the Pakistani government, right? Um, secularism is, is, is literally a dirty word. I mean, if you call someone a secular, right, in Pakistan, if you call somebody a secularist or, or a secular person, that is considered an abusive term, right, by the majority of the people, right? So that's the state of uh, secularism in Pakistan, right? Pakistani government is, I mean, it probably does not even know the definition of secularism, right? I'm so sure about that. So, I mean, it's just laughable, right? Look. You want to lecture India on human rights, go ahead and do that, right? Sure, why not? But when you talk about secularism, I mean, seriously, <laughs> I and, you know, many people uh, like myself, you know, who are still living in Pakistan, they basically, they've been campaigning, uh, you know, for years and probably for decades now for introducing some kind of secularism in Pakistan and then so far they have not uh, succeeded you know um, and uh, I mean they they really literally have no representation in Pakistan whatsoever even uh, you know Pakistan's left-wing political parties even they are uh, Islamist uh, you know uh, in, in, in some form you know they, they, they have some some kind of Islamist worldview right they're not secular parties, not a single one of them. Okay, so so that's them. So I just want to say that uh, you know it's, it's just it just makes me and you know I'm not the I'm not the only one. Literally, I'm not the only one. I mean, I talked to dozens of people about this. Most of them not Indians, and all of them were basically joking about it. I mean, they were joking about Mr. Imran Khan's uh, UNGA speech and. Uh, most of them were actually joking about it because you know because of what he said about India, <laughs> and uh, I mean, this this is this this is what's uh, I mean this is what sucks for Pakistan to be honest. Um, I mean we've told uh, you know you know so many people in Pakistan in in, in the past uh, one decade that um, you know try to improve your reality. You know, try to try to improve your reality, but but unfortunately that has not happened in, in most of the uh, areas. I mean, uh, you know, Pakistan has done a lot against uh, jihadist terrorism, right? Uh, and obviously the credit goes to Pakistani military for that. Um, you know, uh, I mean, uh, the more credit I give the Pakistani military, uh, the more I feel that it's not enough, to be honest, uh, because literally, you know, every one in the Pakistani military and I mean from an infantry soldier to a general right all of them have sacrificed I mean their lives literally 
um, they have sacrificed their lives in the war on terrorism. Okay, so so I mean the credit goes to the Pakistani military for that. But unfortunately, Pakistan has done almost nothing when it comes to Islamist extremism. Look, these are two different things. Jihadist terrorism is something very different. Islamist extremism is something very different. Islamist extremism does not even necessarily have to be violent, right? So unfortunately, Pakistan has not done much about uh, Islamist extremism. And the blame for that does not fall on the military, to be honest. Because look, military's job is to fight, right? You wanted to fight jihadist terrorists, you sent your military, the Pakistani army went inside Rajasthan, they went into Sawad, they cleared the area, right? That's what they are paid to do, that's what their job is, basically. But when you have to wage an ideological war, when you have to um, you know, put curves against Islamist extremism, that is an ideological war, right? That is That will not be fought with bullets and uh, grenades, right? That's an ideological war. So that, you know, that requires, sure, maybe it requires some input from the military, but most of it is, is basically, it's the responsibility of the civilian government. And unfortunately, all of the political parties in Pakistan, they are more interested in saving their vote bank. They will never, never, ever take such a risk, which will alienate uh, a huge vote bank, you know. So, uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes, you know, to be honest, even in a democracy, sometimes uh, the public really does not know what's best for them. You look at uh, the Nazi Germany, right? I mean, Nazis, you know, the Germans who were Nazis or even their supporters, right? Uh, Germans who were not exactly part of the Nazi party, but they, they still supported Nazi ideology. Um, before World War II started, uh, I mean, if you went up to them and if you, if you would have told them that, you know, this is a bad ideology and, you know, this is, this is extremism and, uh, you know, we are going to reduce uh, some laws uh, to put curves against this extremism, um, that person would have probably got assassinated in the first week, you know. So, so I mean, yeah, I mean, nobody in Pakistan wants to take that risk, not with the vote bank and definitely not with their life, you know. So that's uh, that's the unfortunate reality of Pakistan. But um, you know, my, I just want to add this one thing before I move on to Lebanon. I just want to say that my advice to Mr. Imran Khan is that. You know, we can talk about everything, but please do not talk about secularism. It, it just does not, you know, you, you call, you call Pakistani liberals, and I am quoting Mr. Imran Khan here, bloody liberals, right? I mean, that's what he literally calls uh, Pakistani liberals in Urdu, okay? He calls them bloody liberals, okay? So, Mr. Imran Khan, that is your worldview about liberalism, right? About secularism. We all know where you stand on that. Um, so, please, do not lecture India or any, uh, any other country for that matter on secularism. Because I wanted to talk about this because I am a hardcore secularist. Okay, I have always been a secularist ever since uh, um, I entered um, an age of maturity. Okay, so. I will die as a secularist, to be honest, no matter how unpopular it gets.
in today's uh, world where we, we are seeing you know um, all kinds of ideologies taking over you know different countries um, but yeah I, I will die as a secularist okay so there you go so I really took this personally okay the rest you, you want to lecture India on human rights you can do that whatever you want to do you can do okay no 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 problems with that and you know most people will also not laugh at you for that but if, if literally if you, if you keep on talking about secularism it's going to be a comedy show you have to call it a comedy show okay yeah that's that's all i'm going to say anyway let's move on to lebanon okay okay hang on hang on hang on guys before going on to lebanon i just remembered one more thing about pakistan i want to talk about um there has been uh, recently there has been an appointment uh, an important uh, uh, appointment i would say um, Someone got appointed as uh, the special representative to Pakistani Prime Minister on religious uh, harmony. That's what they are calling it. So, um, and that person is Mr. Tahir Ashrafi. He he's a very good um, Islamic personality in Pakistan. Um, I also tweeted uh, tweeted about it, and um, as far as I know, the person um, he's uh, one of the better. Uh, I would say he, he's one of the better Islamic personalities in Pakistan to be honest okay he's, he's one of the better ones so um, I tweeted about it I said that I welcome his appointment because this is probably one of the things that I actually appreciate uh, coming from the Pakistani government uh, you know I am actually a critic of the Pakistani government of Mr. Imran Khan as uh, everybody knows um, but um, yeah, I mean, I believe in giving credit to, uh, to to any government or to to any person where credit is due, and I think uh, this appointment is a very good appointment. Um, this uh, this person, Mr. Tahir Ashrafi, as far as I know, this uh, this this person, this guy, he he is one of the better ones. Okay. So um, I tweeted about it and all of a sudden I started getting these uh, messages from Pakistanis, you know, and, and they they apparently did not like, uh, you know, my tweet and uh, I was a little perplexed about it, to be honest, but then some people, you know, shared a video with me and honestly, I have not shared, you know, I have not watched that video um, before. Um, and that video was of Mr. Tahir Shufi, uh, you know, uh, one of his interviews that he gave to um, Pakistan's uh, Geo Television, right? And uh, people are telling me that he was drunk in that interview, I think. Um, but anyway, uh, look, I don't know if he was drunk or not. Okay, maybe he was just tired. Okay, how do you know that he was drunk? Right? I mean, that's my question. How, how does anybody know that he was drunk? Maybe he was just tired, you know, maybe he was stressed out. Who knows? But even if he was drunk, right? And I mean, the allegation seems to be that this guy drinks. I mean, that's the allegation. So look, even if he drinks or, and I don't know any of this, to be honest, right? This is just this uh, hypothetical situation, you know, this, this hypoth uh, hypothetical argument that I am basically um, climbing on. 
and, and because people have been you know people have been messaging me about this and they've been saying that you know this guy had this interview and he was drunk in that interview and he he is a regular drinker he he's a regular uh, you know uh, drinker so so i mean i was like okay fine okay but look if, if you want to get my thoughts on this the thing is i would take a regular drinker or a regular violent Islamist who who supports uh, you know terrorists, right? Um, I mean, I would I would take the regular drinker over so many things any day, just like that. I mean, just like that, you know, without even blinking. So, I mean, if you're trying to tell me that, you know, since uh, he was allegedly drunk in one of those interviews, so that's a bad thing and that should be the basis of the argument to, I mean, say that he does not deserve to be the special representative to the Pakistani Prime Minister. I mean, if that's the argument, then I'm sorry, I just do not agree with it. Um, you know. It could have been, I mean, it could, it could have been someone who would have been worse, okay? Someone with, uh, you know, with, with, with a past, uh, with uh, some terrorist group or some Islamist group or, you know, something like that. I don't know. I mean, it could have been worse, okay? But if, if the only allegation that you could come up with is that he drinks, then I'm sorry, I, I really, I literally do not have any problem with that. Okay, uh, I mean, some other people might have a problem with that. That's that's their issue. But as far as I'm concerned, I, I literally do not have any problem with that. I mean, if he drinks, then he drinks. I, I am not interested in what he does in his personal life. Okay, I am literally not interested in that. Um, I am more interested um, in his political positions. I am more interested um, in his religious positions um, and all of that stuff which is actually relevant. Um, what he does inside his home, that is not my concern and it should not be the concern of any Pakistani. That's, I mean, that's what I personally think. Sure, if, if you want to disagree then you can disagree but that's what I think. Anyway, now let's move on to Lebanon. Um, Mr. Netanyahu, Israel's Prime Minister, um, who, by the way, is also facing uh, some really, really interesting uh, protest, uh, protest campaign uh, in Israel. Many Israelis are protesting against him, and uh, I don't want to talk about that, but uh, he gave a speech, right, uh, addressed uh, to the United Nations uh, General Assembly, and uh, once again, uh, I mean, this has this has happened before, um, and uh, once again, um, he he came with his homework. He came with all of those you know cute little PowerPoint presentations, and uh, he basically revealed uh, Hezbollah's uh, weapons sites uh, in uh, Lebanon, in Beirut, exactly. So, uh, so. so the whole thing, I basically shared the screenshots, you know, on my Twitter from the from from the whole thing, and basically, um, 
right after that, Hezbollah released a statement and they said that they're going to give a uh, give a media tour, right, to to the journalists uh, in Lebanon, uh, to the site which has been pointed out by uh, PM Netanyahu, right? And uh, shortly after that, the Israeli army, the IDF, they tweeted from their official Twitter account, they tweeted coordinates to some more uh, alleged Hezbollah's uh, weapons sites, you know, in Lebanon. Um, and uh, this whole thing is, is very interesting to say, to say the least. Um, so let's see, let's see. But, um, so look, uh, like I've said this uh, multiple times before, um, Look, Lebanese people deserve better. They they deserve a better future. Um, Lebanese people are probably some of the most liberal Muslims in the whole Muslim world, right? Um, and uh, so, so I mean, they deserve a better future, right? They don't deserve a future which is uh, hostage to this terrorist group Hezbollah, which rules over them, which literally rules over them. So, as I've said before. This this uh, this much uh, much desired peace cannot uh, be achieved by the Lebanese people, unfortunately, without removing Hezbollah from Lebanon. Right? That is that is something that has to happen in some form. Um, it's it's so much better if Lebanese people you know they rise up and they do this themselves before somebody else does okay because hezbollah threatens not just the lebanese people but they also this this terrorist group it also threatens um lebanon's neighbors right and i'm not just talking about israel by the way i'm talking about as far as yemen right so look Lebanon has to do something about this and what they should understand is that France under Mr. Macron is not interested in removing Hezbollah from power, right? France wants to protect the status quo that exists in Lebanon for, for so many years now. So if, if Lebanese people are looking towards Macron, um, for some kind of better future, I can I can guarantee it to you guys, um, to to whoever who's listening to my podcast from Lebanon, I can guarantee to you um, that it's not going to happen. Okay, it's it's not going to happen. Um, France will not be able to provide uh, permanent peace to Lebanon to the Lebanese people uh, if it uh, protects. That's the status quo that exists in Lebanon, right? Uh, Hezbollah has to go. Uh, at least it has to go from the position of power, right? And uh, that is absolutely necessary. That is that is absolutely necessary. It, it, you know what? It does not even matter if, if Mr. President Trump wins the next election or not. Even if Mr. Biden wins the election, even then, um, the American policy towards Hezbollah is not going to change. Okay, so 
So if you really want a permanent solution, and I'm directly addressing the Lebanese people right now, if you really want a, a permanent solution, if you really want a permanent peace, uh, you have to, you have to, you have to get rid of Hezbollah. You have to get rid of Hezbollah. There is no alternative to that. I'm, I'm, I'm just sorry to say that. Uh, it's just, there's zero alternative to that. Okay. Uh, Hezbollah needs to go. So that's that's you know that's what I'm going to say about this. And um, let's see you know where this uh, whole thing goes. Uh, you know, Hezbollah. The last time I checked, uh, Hezbollah was giving uh, a media tour to uh, Lebanese journalists. And uh, they probably they probably you know uh, clean up the area pretty pretty quickly. Uh, they have the manpower to do that. Okay, so yeah, they, they do have the capability of you know doing something like that. Uh, and then they got the margin of two to three hours. So yeah. But anyway, like I said, let's see let's see where this goes. Um, and uh, I mean, my best wishes for Lebanon. Uh, my best wishes also for the people of Kuwait. The Amir of Kuwait uh, unfortunately died. He wasn't, uh, you know, he was an old man. He was a senior citizen, and he, he died uh, in a hospital in the USA. And uh, so, my best uh, best wishes for the people of Kuwait. Uh, let's hope the transition of power is, uh, you know, not messy. Uh, nobody, nobody likes a mess in a monarchy. You know, so let's see, let's see what happens over there. And as we all know, Azerbaijan and Armenia are, are really, really going at it, and uh, they're they're literally going at it. And uh, I personally hope for peace between these two countries, but I also understand that it's not anymore. It's not just about these two countries anymore. Okay, so um, there's the involvement of Russia, there's the involvement of Turkey. Um, so you know, when when you have other countries uh, also involved um, into uh, you know in your in your uh, in your geopolitical dispute with another country, you know it, it really becomes a mess at that point, and uh, you never know where things might go. So. Because Turkey is obviously pursuing its own interests, and uh, Russia is going to be pursuing its own interests, and obviously there are also other players that I'm not going to name right now. <laughs> so anyway, this is it. Uh, let's see where this whole thing between Armenia and Azerbaijan goes. Um, like I said, I personally hope for peace between both the countries, but uh, since there are there are um, multiple other countries also involved now, and uh, there's also a historic uh, territorial dispute between these two countries um, I'm not so sure about peace right now at least so um, let's see let's see let's let's hope for the best anyway guys this is this is really it for today and um, those of you uh, you know especially people from uh, Pakistan and India those of you who've been uh, sending me messages non-stop um, requesting me to do a podcast in Urdu. I I'm sorry guys, you know what? I will. I'm not saying that I won't. I will. Eventually I will at some point. But yeah, not in a mood for that. Okay, so you guys just have to wait. Okay, um, yeah. So anyway guys, this is it for today. This is me uh, signing out. Take care. Bye-bye.